Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Let's get to our guest, Mary Nicola, Senior Vice President and Global Multi-Asset Portfolio Manager at Pinebridge Investments, joining us from Singapore. A lot to talk about, but I want to get your first reaction into the fact that we just saw the Bank of Korea have that smaller than expected interest rate hike, while yesterday the RBNZ had a jumbo 75 basis point hike. All of this really trying to rein in inflation. But uh, we did see the RBNZ, for example, warn of a, of a recession mid next year. How are you viewing the complicated central bank? picture across Asia. Yeah, I think, um, as you rightly said, it, all the different central banks have been on a different trajectory here, largely because of what the inflation picture looks um, in the region. So, for example, you take um, Singapore. Singapore has been quite aggressive in um, moving ahead and trying to battle inflation. So they've been uh, more, I guess, front loading. So we've seen a lot of front loading from certain central banks, as long as the inflation picture looks to be um, concerning. So, But now that inflation is picking up across the region, central banks will have to react. Um, And of course, the key thing now is, especially coming from the Fed, will the Fed slow down? Um, We've already seen a slowdown from the RBA. We've seen a slowdown from the BOC. But again, it all depends on where they are in their hiking cycle. And some have been front loading and more aggressive than others. So where do you see the Fed ending this aggressive tightening? Um, so we're looking at rates to settle around 475 to 5%. Um, percent. So we think rates will settle in that region, but they're going to stay high for a while um, in that that inflation remains sticky. You still have inflationary pressures coming in uh, from the from uh, from employment, which obviously means that there's going it's going to last and linger a lot longer. So, of course, keeping in rates high is going to be the key thing to ring out inflation. Now, I noticed that you are preferring the longer end of the curve, the 20 or 30 year. Just tell us, though, in terms of of the bond route that we've been seeing, how you kind of, uh, I guess, mitigate some of these concerns when we're looking at when we see peak inflation. Yeah, so one of the things that we're looking at, on, especially on the 20-year and 30-year, and why we found find value there is that we do expect a recession coming through. So um, we think that if we're going to see a recession, that it's going to benefit more uh, the back end of the curve. So the valuations there look attractive, especially with the indication or with the view um, that we're going to re- see a recep- recession maybe in the next 9 to 18 months. Do you see a recession weighing through across the APAC as well? And and what about uh, the changing picture of China's economy potentially opening up and giving a boon then to the overall global macro picture? 
Yeah, so I think for if you look at um, Asia Pac in general, I think that's going to be very sort of country specific. Um, so some countries are obviously doing better than others, and some, for example, take Japan. We haven't even seen a, a proper reopening or a robust re- reopening. Same thing with Hong Kong. So as they obviously reopen, things are going to be a lot different for their environment and for their out- outlook over the next nine to eighteen months. Obviously, if China opens up, uh, let's say we're expecting maybe around. You know, the end of Q2 into Q3 of next year, that's would likely to change the picture quite a bit, especially giving a boost uh, for Asia overall. But we are seeing some pockets from um, the from China in terms of easing monetary policy. Um, some of the things that they've recently announced on the property sector have also been quite positive and should see that incremental improvement in growth overall. But of course, the key um, factor mitigating growth is going to still be the zero COVID policy. Yeah, and as we've been speaking uh, all morning and, and to our earlier guest as well, even when you do finally see that that path towards reopening, it's going to be messy, it's going to be protracted. With all of that in mind, your defensive in your portfolio, your underweight equities, where are you looking for some uh, outperformance if, you, if you're staying selective here? Yeah. So um, with the expectations that, you know, we're expecting earnings to deteriorate further, uh, we've been looking at some sort of pockets that will manage um, in an environment with high inflation and in an environment where growth slows. So um, where we're looking at is U.S. quality, so companies that have robust balance sheets um, that also have um, uh, strong high high ROEs. So, um, you know, a lot of the companies that can pass on some of the prices to their consumers. Um, Another one that we're looking at, too, is what we describe as the energy evolution basket, which is a combination of utility companies that are transitioning to new energy, and then, of course, your traditional new energy companies. And the focus here is just that we're expecting investment, obviously, obviously towards um, ESG and and new energy capacity to increase over the next um, five years, nine, nine to 18 month time horizon, which is what we're looking at. So um, obviously that that move to renewables isn't going anywhere. No, ESG sustainability certainly seems to be a top pick amongst uh, many. If we look specifically at the, the property sector in China, I mean, this 16 point plan to try and prop it up. But at the same time, as we've been saying, the COVID zero policy is very much still hampering growth. And Goldman Sachs actually had a note out yesterday saying that these COVID policies are pretty much offsetting the positivity that would have come through from that support from the property sector. Would you agree with that? Yeah, there's. Uh, I have a lot of sympathy for that because, uh, again, um, what is weighing so much on from the COVID zero is is consumer demand, is consumption, and of course, if you had a 16 point plan to propagate the um, property sector, um, that could also um, uh, uh, precipitate consumer demand and and support consumer demand further. But with COVID zero, it's hard to uh, reinvigorate. Um, consumption and consumer demand over, overall. So it's likely to remain sluggish until we see a change um, in that mm. policy. Always a pleasure, Mary. Mary Nicola, Senior Vice President and Global Multi-Asset Portfolio Manager at Pinebridge Investments, joining us from Singapore here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. 
Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.